Why We Bleep is sponsored by Signal Sounds. Christmas is a time of giving, and I'm a generous sort of guy, so I've been getting a bit spendy buying gifts on signalsounds.com. For my dear friend Joseph, I've purchased a lawmill comb room, a resonator comb filter noise box that makes ordinary things sound like they've come from beyond the veil. For my darling friend Rachel, I purchased a Soma Lyra Terra and a Cosmos to knit it all together. She has so been looking forward to realising her difficult noise project, and my goodness, she'll manage it now. And finally, my dear Ross, to him at last I can gift a rabid elephant portal drum. He's been waiting to create deeply sick beats for four years now. They've brought me a lot of joy, these friends, and it's only right I return the favour. Oh, I just remembered... Rachel, Ross and Joseph are characters in a television programme I watched once. I don't have any friends. Oh well. Merry Christmas to me then! So if you'd like to drink four litres of Baileys alone in your house laid upon a pile of synthesizers like Smaug the Dragon, visit Signalsounds.com. That's Signalsounds.com. Why We Bleep is also sponsored by Thonk. .co.uk. Would you like to save money on gear and also enjoy the tremendous satisfaction of having built it yourself? Why, friend, navigate your mouse clickery to thunk.co.uk, whereupon ye shall find such joints as the Sebsong Sampler, a super simple hands-on 12-bit Eurorack module with a built-in microphone, and you can feed modular nine-level stuff into it too. And you can loop, pitch, mangle your recordings with faders and knobs in CV till your Eurorack-filled heart is deeply content. Or they've got the Infinite Digits Pico Core, a tiny lo-fi desktop sample mangler that looks like an open circuit board, but upon which you can slice up breaks in real time by mashing buttons and turning knobs, filtering, time-stretching, re-triggering, wave-folding and generally causing sonic mayhem, just like we used to in the 90s. Plus it has a built-in sequencer, a clock input and the full DIY kit costs £53 plus VAT and delivery. Not bad, is it? Yeah, soldering is easy and crazy inspiring music tools don't have to cost the earth. Visit thunk.co.uk That's thunk.co.uk holidays to you. Look, Mum, uh, no computer. That's who we're talking to today. Sam Battle is a musician, a maker, and an internet personality on YouTube. If you are looking at synths on the internet, and even if you aren't, like you're just going on the BBC News website, then you will 
possibly have come across Sam because he is prolific enough to get in the news <laughs> and uh, not for the joke reason that I always say, which is you're going to read about him like going on fire someday because he's strapped a Tesla coil to the back of his Mini in order to play the Super Mario Brothers theme tune as he's like driving through town uh, to collect a organ from a you know 18th century church and then jury rig it with custom circuitry and then play it with a beat set pro all the kinds of things that he would do all whilst on like fire is being spat out he yeah he's amazing <laughs> and so in this conversation i have the opportunity to talk to both a youtuber a musician and a maker someone prolific doing all kinds of stuff. Someone who's got millions and millions of views. He has a museum in Margate and the museum is full of gadgets and things that he has created. He's a very hands-on DIY person. And I do mean DIY. He has taught himself. He did it himself. And in this conversation, uh, he explains why. He explains his favorite synthesizers. He explains when he is creative and how. Um, he talks about being signed to a major label twice. We talk about his Cosmo format modular and what is in his modular, like how it's, you know, what are the voices in there. We discuss working on limitations and mostly figuring things out for yourself. So I will leave the ruminations till after the conversation. Stick with us for some book recommendations at the end. But now, let us bleep with Sam Battle, a.k.a. Look, Ma, no computer. Thanks. What? What are you? What am I? What are you, Sam? Oh, you know what? I don't know. It's, it's something that's actually annoyed myself a little bit as well. Because I don't know, really. And like, what is anybody? But I guess it's easier for some folk to say. It's like, oh, I'm a musician. Oh, I'm, a, I'm an artiste. I'd say lots of different things. I just... I don't know. I'd, I'd like... This is right, the then. longest, most convoluted answer. You want what, are you, what are you most happiest doing? Sleeping. Oh, that's a great answer. It's an ons- it's an honest one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I think like everybody, you're just sleeping, especially after doing lots of lots of work, whatever it is, and then you just lay down. And you go ah, and I can imagine I'm going to enjoy sleeping more if a kid comes along. Yes, you definitely. Are. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I can see that. Yeah, really, really um, let's let's just take stock. You are a musician. You are yes. a a manufacturer, a builder, a tinkerer, a DIY person. Yeah. Uh, you are also a museum curator. <laughs> yeah. And you are also the person most likely to show up on, like, the national news. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you're a YouTuber. YouTuber, yeah. uh, you know, songwriter dies in fire. Because it's just, I feel sometimes I wake up and I'm like, oh, man, I've, I've spread myself too thin. And other times I'm like, oh, yeah, I get variety. It's nice. But the problem is, it's just um, right now, it's, it's, I just got to work a lot and all the time and uh, be somewhat smart about how I do it. And I fail n- nearly 99% of the time at being able to segment it. <laughs> what do you get wrong? Uh, focus, I think, is the biggest issue I have. And I'm sure that's like most people. Like, uh, uh, I find that 
Um, the biggest issue that I have is um, I think I have the, the most energy, the most sustainable state I have is um, not talking, being very reclusive somewhat. Uh, and I'm only able to maintain a, an ability to keep on working for quite constant times on something to get it done so I could go on to the next thing. If I just, I, I just, I just stay with him there. All of the bullet points are there. So, I, I, you know, if anything comes in, then it's all, all gone. Everything's gone. <laughs> so I have to I put my phone in a in a box. <laughs> Do you have like one of those lock boxes? No, but I'm pretty good at just uh, I found that if you just turn off your notifications, you don't pick it up like and I get very I get some ang my, my my wife gets a little bit angry with that. She's okay, like I asked you a question at 10 o'clock this morning. <laughs> and so, and so I look at it and it's like, you know, it's dinner time and it's like what, what, do you want for, what, what, what are you cooking for dinner and all that stuff. And she doesn't sound like that by the way your wife is like a sort of New York taxi driver hey, hey what are you cooking for dinner <laughs> I'm cooking hey here. Sam <laughs> it's a bit basically poor Mel fair enough well, it, it can get like that but like uh, you're describing what I read as like monk mode I saw an article about monk oh. mode and I read a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And basically, Cal Newport and like monk mode is exactly what you're saying, which is to okay. say that to work effectively on something, you really truly have to lock yourself away and you have to not be distractible. And so you're effectively saying you just make yourself undistractable, which to me just feels like that's absolutely the right thing to do if you're trying to create whatever it may be. I'm not going to say like make content. That most hateful. Yeah. Yeah, we're not. Make we're content cont is different because I don't think that's. Uh, I mean, it's sure it's for somebody, but it's not a particularly creative process. It's a. It's less creative process than content. Writing a song. It's like sludge, isn't it? It has no. <laughs> it's the artistic value. It's just like a, a blur. Whereas, well, it's a means to communicate your your trade, your your processes, I guess. And for, for you, you're following your dreams. It seems like I was going to ask you where on God's green earth do you conceive your projects and like by which i mean like your diy ones i mean like yeah. your your organ a furby or like organ like these yeah. kinds of like the things that you are known for it's like how do they how does this actually happen how do they come I don't about know. i think it's just jokingly like to be honest a lot of them have been sitting around for a long while up in the up in the noggin it's just i i don't find i have really control over what i uh, what I'm uh, like, what I'm gonna build because of the focus issue. I, 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 I get, I will get obsessed by one thing and then just do that um, that way. Like lock myself off and do that. But it, it's just, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where mm. it comes from. Just one moment, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. We're gonna build that. Sometimes it's different. Like I remember making a magic cut. I know a modular bass singing bass like on a modular synth from a meme yeah. on the internet i yeah. can't remember who shared it or made it and i was like that's that's funny and then i was like i'm gonna make this and get this video up by the end of the day uh you know and <laughs> i did that and it's, it's and that's the same with the fart box um uh cursor mentioned and it wouldn't be good if there was a box that a box that just made fart noises that you could adjust parameters so okay i'll do that so there's so it's a mixture everything's different it's not it's not a simple answer <laughs> Do you keep your days clear? Because I can see, because you're really busy. I mean, you're literally saying like today you've got like stuff on. It's like, how do you keep a day free enough to be flexible? Yeah. How does that work? Uh, it's, it's very hard and it's something for me, uh, I still, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not winning in that pro pro process. But I've, I've found that uh, the, uh, you're most creative when you've got 
as little as possible to do i think mm. you don't have things and to-do lists and stuff so i try i try to get be as unbusy as possible to be able to get this stuff done but it's it's not a it's not a perfect world is it because you also have to earn an income i mean uh, yeah. are you for you is it <coughs> patreon surely is like your largest <clears throat> income or is uh there... yeah uh, so it's a uh, uh, patreon a lot of that gets um pushed like shoved back into materials and also upkeep of the museum which uh would would pulling down yeah. a load of walls at the okay. minute and stuff so it's wow, pricey okay. but yeah that but like yeah it, the, the patreon and and then you know prs pops in and stuff like that it's 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 enough to live but also you know there's a it's enough to get the tools and stuff you know i'm not mm. i'm not driving around in ferraris uh, you know, no, I, I, know still, for a, I know for a fact you're not driving around in ferraris. Yeah. oh yeah yeah i'm still you know i've still got to live very quite frugally especially if I, i'm look like got a kid idea it's like you know, you've obviously get those financial worries and stuff. So that's what I mean. I suppose it's this idea of being. I feel you're like the best example of like, and this uh, the sort of twenty first century, well, like musician. Really, the fact of the matter is that if you were to be known as a musician first and foremost in this day and age, to be successful, and all you did was make music. I think that would be really hard. Whereas, why do you I think, think it'll be really hard? Be because, because what I mean is that you're you are putting yourself out there in a the world, you know, by building things, by being known for as a maker as well, and the notoriety mm -hmm. that you get from your personality, from the visual toys and and silly things, but that have like a real purpose and that you really want to make. But like these things make you notorious. And that notoriety makes you famous and that allows you to be known in so, such a wider circle and then to therefore have like a musical career and do those things. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you were a musician first though. Yeah, you... so uh, I, I did, I, and I, I, somewhat, I, I agree. Um, and uh, it's, it's something that I, it took me a while to realise. Uh, so I tried, I was in a band the first time, got signed to, I can't remember what that was, Epic Records. We, went, we had a job for two years and then we didn't make any money, so we got dropped and ran out of money. And then I spent six months with the little bit of money that I'd left over to, to do it, and I got signed again for a similar amount to Epic Records with another band, which in essence gave me a job for two years. And... Um, uh, yeah, got dropped, didn't make any money. And then uh, luckily after that, I was like... <laughs> but what is that? How is... I mean, that is a well, very difficult thing to encapsulate. But what is... Can you say more about that? Like, what is that experience oh, yeah. like? Our experience is awful. Awful. <laughs> I would not recommend anybody pursuing, yeah. like, getting back, getting... It's just the wrong way of doing it is, is starting point. off and then trying to get a record deal <clears throat> it is just um you're very you, nine and ten chant times you will uh, you'll get to the end of <clears throat> the term and get you know be back back where you started <laughs> isn't it right that my my like rudimentary layman's understanding is you basically end up owing them money pretty much it seems uh, sort of but not really i mean i've i never got into a situation like that but um you know you spend your advance you get done but uh, the thing is is the way it's set up well the ones that was like you pay off if if you make money with what you've made for them then the first chunk of that is paying off the advance yes but yes if you if that doesn't get made it's uh, with the record it's like it's the recording it's not the song so you could really use the song 
but re-record it if you wanted. But it's just, a, yeah, but I mean, they were shit. <laughs> My, we were in, like, the first one was a dodgy-ass band. I don't want to say the name because it's really embarrassing, but you'll find it, I'm sure, on the internet. And then the next one was called Zebra, and that was, like, another band, and I, I sung and did songwriting for it. And then after that, that's when I discovered Simps, really, in that one. <clears throat> and I was building them all, and then that, actually, to be honest, there was... um. There was a meeting. It's funny because these people in the record labels, like, I don't know whether they know what they're doing, but it's fine. If you're working at a record label, I'm sure you know what you're doing. But just if you're a musician, just don't try and get a record deal straight off the pot because your your creative ideas and what you want to do is out the window and it gets replaced with something that I don't think is re- really works. Unless you're this very lucky. Them, this is them like coming to you and saying like, Sam, you know, we really think you need to be a bit light, you know. Yeah, it's you like, why don't, we're going to get a design, a, a studio, you know, an, an outfit designer, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> and then you end up looking like a clown and, it, you know, it gets to that point. It's just, it just you lose all authenticity and it, the only thing you get is a security, a financial security for a year or two. Yeah, and for, like, for two years. <laughs> Yeah, two, maybe three years. I can't remember exactly the on and offs of it. But I was lucky enough that the the second time along, uh, I wrote a a couple of songs with other people at that time. And they were, they were kind of, they, they helped pay for the next year when I was just like trying to figure out what the fudge to do. And there was a point where I put all of my synthesizers in the corner. I was like, I'm just going to play acoustic guitar. (laughs) That lasted two months. I pursued that for two months, and then I was like, "This ain't working." <laughs> and then I tried, and then I started doing uh, videos. <laughs> there you go. Why did you start doing videos? Well, this is what I've, I forgot. So, um, uh, they told me uh, this the second record label thing. I showed them my. I was really embarrassed of my hobby somewhat because it's not like cool, and they were like, "You got to be cool and shit, like wear leather jackets." So I was like, "I'm not showing them this." But I showed them once, and I was like, "Whoa, what is that? You should make a a Tumblr page for what you do." <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll make a Tumblr page, and I called it um, the mu- this the the the, mu- the museum name, and then and then they were like, you should make a zine. So I swear, it's like a copy and paste of what they suggest to all bands. But I was like, okay, I'll make a zine, and it was called Look Mum No Computer. I thought that'd be cool. It was just about how to make things. But yeah, and then and then after that, I was like, maybe I should do videos about what I did the zine on because maybe people will be interested. Uh, so. And uh, sorry, I did try to do YouTube about te- about uh, in 2011 as well, and that didn't work at all. So I, I sort of figured it out a little bit before then. So do you, you mean know, as in a- you did YouTube but did not get v- the views? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Tried two iterations of channels. Like, I'm sure you probably did. You know, at some point, like you do a, a try it, and it just doesn't work. You do like five or six videos, and it's just like, oh no, and it's this is hard. Yeah, this is hard, and like, oh, my mum watched it, and that was about. That was about it, you know. Look, mum, great. no views. <laughs> yeah, look, mum, no views. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is fine. It, I, it was, it made me happy. Like I was actually, it gave me a purpose to actually finish these things, which was good. But it kind of because there wasn't the impetus to keep on going, I didn't keep on going with it. Yeah, is that the word? I don't. Even, I'm not very good with words, if you can't tell. Impetus. I don't, that sounds like I'm impotent. What does <laughs> impetus mean? It means the intent, doesn't it? The intent oh, to so- do something. Yeah, oh, so you had, it is you like, the impetus. Yeah, you oh, did, definitely. Yes. <laughs> well done, Sam. Definition, O'Reilly, yeah. So hang on, there was a little bit in there what you just said, you were like, and then I was building since on two levels. Where, how did you learn to do that and how does one learn to do that? So I think I'm trying to remember how I started. Uh, when I was at school, 
I had an acoustic guitar. I was playing live. Like all, I've, all I think all of the initial problems spanned. Well, they, most of them do until I was like, oh, I should make some novelty things for funny videos. But uh, like they all spanned from uh, technical issues that I had playing live. Like um, the first one was like, how do I, I'm playing an acoustic guitar. I've got an electronic backing track. It was pretty awful, like this project that I had. I was like, acoustic guitar, but the problem is the backing track starts halfway through the song and whilst I'm playing. Mm. So I was like, oh, what do I do? So I, 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 made, a, I made a foot pedal. It was basically out of a, a MIDI keyboard. I didn't even know what a MIDI keyboard was at the time. This was, you know, 20, 2005, four. So I, I was looking around for a bloody MIDI foot pedal it was just i couldn't find one so i just decided oh, i'll figure it out and make one and then after that i it, the next one was like a an effects pedal a distortion that turned out and then um put it down for a bit and then i picked up game boys because of chip tune i was like oh this is cool like, the idea of people dancing around on stage with game boys so i modified those which was a bit more learning of it then i discovered circuit bending which was messing with toys mm. um that was fun. And then after that, I discovered synthesizers, which I didn't realize. Uh, I thought that synthesizers were just like uh, the things that were on Logic. <laughs> I didn't realize, yeah. I, I had no idea that there was real versions of these things. Yeah. Blew my mind. I was like, what? What? There's a version of analog, you know, garage band analog mono, but in real life, the, the, uh, insert Korg MS-10. And then I bought a broken one and fixed it. And after that, it was just like, oh, well, you can, you can, you can, They've got patch bay. I could probably search up and build something that was sort of like the circuit bent toy, but it makes an oscillator. And then you've got two oscillators and a Korg MS-10. So that's just, um, and then it progressed from there, really. Now I tried building an MS-20. Sorry? How did that go? Oh, it went, uh, it looks cool, but it never really worked very well. Mm. It's just a DIY <laughs> MS-20. But um, how, do you teach yourself? Did you say what did you say? Well, I was going to say like, how did, were you using the internet or were you using books? I mean, this is two thousand and four. But we obviously didn't oh, have no, the internet this was, then. So but. yeah, this was uh, the 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 MS ten discovery kind of thing was uh, probably twenty twelve. So it was about ten years ago. So mm. it was still in it was YouTube and it was forums, forums mainly, and forums. the amazing websites like Music from Outer Space, yeah, things like that, lesson. and the Make Make Make. Yeah. There was a, a they had a really good electronic series and stuff like that the early year, years of youtube it's not even the early years when did youtube get 2005 kind of... is when it kicked off but yeah it wasn't big big then obviously yeah yeah do you remember when like i was amazed like when chocolate rain and we were looking at the views it's like oh my god it's going up a thousand every minute it's just <laughs> hit a million like i mean that's crazy views for yeah. for for anything in, in niches that we do but like just the idea of a viral thing just being at a million on youtube seems crazy yeah, yeah. doesn't it seems quaint doesn't it i mean even now i'm like where are all these people coming from you have to wonder but like youtube is like the number two search engine isn't it isn't that what is they say? it i believe so i it blows my mind how youtube even works but anyway hang on mm. i want to like so how if you'd start again, though, what would you do to teach yourself? Would you do the same thing or would you? Is there a better way? Um, there might be. There's all different ways for different people, I think. But for me, I think I would keep it somewhat similar, if I'm honest. I'd never really. I, I went to uh, university for six months to do chemistry and that look where I ended up. <laughs> so I'd, I'd, I think it might have, uh, if I went to study it in a proper faculty like electronics, I don't think I would be doing what I do. You know, I'd, I'd be treating it a lot more 
I don't know. I, I, just, I think I would have not... It would be it, I'm too stupid. I don't think I would have passed. Academically, I, my brain doesn't work. But yeah, you can build these things. How much trial and error is in them? And what, how much? Do it's you, all trial and error. <laughs> I mean, it's just the things like you know what you're doing. You're you're designing like you're all going into stuff. You like you designing little custom circuits, like a little PCB, and you're like, there you go. This will work for this. And yeah, it I, all to, to me up feels over very. Time. It just feels advanced. That feels it, like you, yeah. But I look at other. It's it's all on a trail on a on a on a spectrum, isn't it? Because I look at other things, and it's like that's advanced because you don't. I think it's just just a certain specific f- avenue of electronics. So lucky enough with analog synths and stuff like the circuits, if you stick them with analog, it's just a lot of it's very similar. Like I'm inside a modular synth, an analog modular synth is a modular electronic circuit. So like mm. it's basically just a bunch of modules uh, connected together in different interesting ways. Like you've, But you've got the same uh, circuits quite a lot of time, like a voltage-controlled amplifier is, a, is basically the same as a filter, but without... Um, a role like a capacitor in the in in the in the transconductance uh, operational transcript in the in the voltage controlled uh, uh, resistor and things like that and uh, an oscillator you could what you could it's basically the same as both of those as well they're all integrators in a way mm. uh, so <clears throat> you just it's just chopping it's like playing Meccano but with electronics <laughs> it makes but, sense yeah when you say it like that but what it, sorry yeah, no, it's just trial and error. And that's the thing. When you get into a digital, because I find like coding magic, because I don't particularly understand it, but I can imagine it's pretty much, I could do it very simply, but I can imagine it's pretty much exactly the same. It's all modular thinking. It's like, if this A does B, then B must equal C. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I like the idea that it's just little modules. I guess a code, <clears throat> line of code is like a module. <laughs> yeah, so it's like modular modular inception. It's like a module inside a module inside a module. Like that new Bifaco FX yeah. Game Boy, the Game Boy thing. Yeah, that's the, I felt really bad because I've got shit focus and I can only really focus. So they asked me to design one for one of those. And I, yeah. I, I just didn't, I, I just, some things are just, um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't, if I, yeah, if I've got too much art, I can't do everything. It's annoying. I started designing a bit crusher, but then I found out that somebody else was designing a bit crusher, and they were further along with me than me. And I was, and that was the point where it kind of like my, I just didn't get around to trying another circuit for it, uh, which was a shame. I'm trying yeah. to think of what I would do if I would do one of those because it must. How many of the like they're very little. Like how many uh, you know? How much can you really fit in that? Like you've got distortions and bit crushes and filters and yeah. a well, delay. I can't. What, I, off what? the top of my head, I'm trying to remember the parameters that are in that. By the way, it's freaking. It's a cool idea, and it's. I'm glad mm. somebody's finally done it because people eek at the idea of having mod, like cartridges for things. Uh, so the first one, the the number one great thing I think about it is. Um, it's got a bread, and uh, I think whether they bought it out or not yet is a one you can make yourself. So you put your yeah. own circuits onto it, like a breadboard one. But also the other thing of having cartridges, like I think it's two CVs. It's got a bandpass filter inside it, things like that. It's got a bunch of utilities within the module, so you don't have to make all the circuit. Yeah. Um. Uh. And so I reckon you could build. This is what I was thinking: is like, what can I make that has got, in essence, an audio input? two control voltages i think two parameter knob controls and then an output mm. it's like they you know you you are designing a circuit it's very strict in its setup but like, that's good there's a, the, what's stopping like different like you know in guitars different flavors of fuzz yeah you yeah. know somebody can oh, make yeah. 10 different transistor 
combinations in cartridges and you could just try them all. Like, I, I, to be honest, it's str I struggled to see the difference where like one, yeah, with a couple, a couple and you're fine, but you know, you don't need a thousand um, effects pedals, but at the same time, you don't need a thousand modules. Yeah, well, depends who you well, ask. Sam, come <laughs> on. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. <laughs> I was going to ask you uh, like first synth and what is your favorite synth? So, MS10 is my was my first one, and I got to be honest, it's just it showed me what a synth is, and I've just got used to that, and I've never found an interface that has beaten it. Yeah, for its simplicity and its expression, like it's like a guitar. There's not much going on, but it's got enough to be able to adequately express what you've got inside out. You know, yeah. whether it's a bass line, obviously it can't do pads. <laughs> I mean, it probably can with a bit of reverb. <laughs> but, um, Long you know, I've, I just love the MS-10. Uh, in fact, I love it more than the MS-20 because there's less going on. There's less knobs, which I'm sure is, you know, there's less parameters, which means it's just quicker to work yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. And also, strangely enough, and some people agree, and I, I think it's down to the, <clears throat> to the mixer stage maybe, but it does sound more chonky than the MS-20. That's I don't it. know why. It's unexplainable. You just that, listen to it. It has presence. Presence. Not because I wondered like sometimes you find that like one single oscillator through a filter sounds fatter than two. Yeah. You know? Two so it has that nice kind of, you know, and it can sound <coughs> rich, but mm -hmm. one's just like surely a speaker has less to do if you're just giving it one simple waveform. Does that makes sense? Like it can just push forward and backwards more directly than if it's like yeah. jiggling while it does it because it's, it's trying to represent like multiple waveforms. So I'm like, one oscillator can cut. One oscillator is definitely but you can say be the one. has more presence. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Even if you set up the MS-20 with the same settings as an MS, well, not the same settings, but to sound as similar to the MS-10, mm. I just, I don't, it is an unexpected, unexplainable thing and i haven't in uh, what is it analyzed why or what yeah yeah but um it just sounds more there's more the lower you go there's more <laughs> presence and the higher you go there's just it's just got more of a sweet spot i feel yeah, okay i don't know why i'm not sure why uh, and it's also got a pulse width modulation uh, cv input which the ms20 without a modification has not I mean, do the reissues have it no i don't does think it? they do um, right. I'm actually getting one again because I, I had an MS20 Mini and I sold it. Yeah. And I regret, I really regret that. I listened to stuff <laughs> that I did with that MS20. I'm like, I actually, I'm getting one again. Um, they're amazing. They are amazing. I think they're like the, some people are Moog people, right? <laughs> and some people are like, and I, despite wearing this t-shirt, and I love like Moog synths as well, like for a different reason. But for me, I'm kind of on your train that Korg... Arp, there's a certain the, the acidity, the cutting aspect of them. They just rip in a way that is quite yeah. is it speaks to me on a lizard brain level. Um, yeah, but I've never tried the ten, so I'm interested to like to try that. And there's no there's no more to it. I like it doesn't have any other tricks. It doesn't have like does it have the pitch to voltage thing on that you get on the MS20? No, but that's yeah. another thing. I just I just it's kind of crap. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure some people will disagree but it's like you, you get a few funky sounds out of it but that's about it it's not like something a staple of the synth i feel people will disagree but for me i, 
I feel like you're mm. also speaking to another truth that I've found like in 25 years of <clears throat> messing with studio gear is like the simpler tools are quite often the best. How many people <clears throat> can just go up to a modular and just get a brilliant sound versus yes. go up to a mini Moog, you'll probably get a brilliant sound like without too much messing, without knowing what you're doing. Obviously, it's not for everything because, you know, to get that really interesting kind of thing for like a riff or, you know, it's good to have it. But sometimes it's just uh, less is more, uh, you know, sometimes mm. a lot of times. But this is the thing with uh, inside the niche of synthesizers, people, you know, there's, there's some actually is the one it's there's what people think they want and what people actually want are two yeah. different things. And uh, that's me included. What do you think you want? <clears throat> what do I think I want? Actually, well, that's a lie. I, I mean, I, what I thought I want, wanted when I started, you know, building this is like, I'm going to build the biggest synthesizer. I'm going to have everything on it. It's going to look amazing, which is amazing. I've got to be honest, Nervous Squirrel, Dave's Nervous Squirrel's um, DIY, uh, it's a 5U DIY Moog synth. Oh, it's just the coolest thing. Get to go around this and just patch till the cows come home. But, but for like, yeah, it's great to try that. Uh, but then for me, I like it kind of compact. It doesn't seem compact, but like I've never got bigger than that because it's it's enough. <laughs> what what? How big is that? Is that like is it five U? Is that one? Or is that two sets of one row? So this is um not five U. It's twenty yeah. centimeters. <laughs> Cosmo format. It's okay, a metric sorry. five U. So like um European. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a European uh, five U, and yeah, cool. it's uh, four rows. And it's basically all it is, like, you know, all it is is a free. I, I kind of uh, I got into it thinking I wanted to make really funny noises. And I've come out of it realizing that I, I, I just want a live band in a box. Yeah. Uh, which is what that is. It's like it's my that is my sound. Um, but it's, it's like going to a band practice. You've got the the drums, you've got three uh, synth voices, you know, the guitar, blah, blah, blah. And they all kind of go together like um like as badly as like a dodgy band practice nice and that's what i want you know how, so hang on how many concurrent voices in the drums for starters how many oh i, I don't know about six maybe but mainly it's just kick snare and hi-hat but then there's a bunch of other yeah exactly you know there's probably about there's a few more you know about 12 and you control those with the BeatStep Pro? <coughs> yeah, BeatStep Pro and the Circlon. However, I'm thinking of cutting out the Circlon. It just takes a little bit too long. I really like starting oh, from circle. the bottom and yeah. going up to the top. And it, whilst it is amazing, there's a, there's just a bit more prep required. And the, uh, yeah. the, the, the its redeeming feature is the fact that it's got you can have the length as long as you want. To yeah. like, you can play the sequences till the cows come home. And there's a load of other cool things, but... Sometimes Do you get into the like orcs, orcs events on it and all that jazz. That's the thing. It's like nine to like you were saying earlier that sometimes the simpler thing is what you actually need. But it's just uh, the uh, the biggest problem that I have with the Beatset Pro is the step length limitation. Uh, you know, you, yeah, sixty four. Uh, yeah. uh, one one twenty eight. That'll be fine. And also, well, of course, the polyphonic stuff. But then you got the Key Step Pro. The the problem with the Keystep Pro is the mini keys. So I was gonna chop off the key bottom of the Keystep Pro and bish yeah. bosh bash, and then the, I've only got a couple of songs that I'd wish that were a little bit longer, hundred twenty eight steps. So Keystep Pro to, is still sixty four step, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, annoyingly, yeah. But do you are you you're not improvising in these shows? You've got like songs that you play. Well, 
Yeah, but there's also improvisations or something like. But yeah. nine times out of ten, I'd, it's in my head the the riff or something like a <clears throat> like a hum it in the car or a bam, uh, sound check and I'm like, oh, oh, let's try that. Um, I don't, you know, I I do like riffs, uh, but that's my favourite thing. I think the riff is the most important part, and the modular synth for now is just the the transport for that for the riffs. <laughs> yeah. It's the riff conduit. Yeah, the what conduit. Are, the conduit. What are the other voice? You said there were three voices. Yeah. What are they? Like, so how do you three, describe them? So the bottom one takes up the whole bottom row, and what that is is three oscillators, three oscillators, a low pass filter, and then a band pass filter, a dual band pass. So it's got two in parallel. Uh, with a low and a high so it means nice. you could get two combs of it but that's got a switch so it's like an effects pedal so you could switch it on and off i think it's very not enough uh uh you're like not enough modules have just switches to bypass bypass yeah yeah bypass switch and i know you get get bypass switch module uh modules with just switches but like on the on the blooming thing is so much better because you could see it straight away you flick it boom and then mm. it goes to um a, a valve distortion and a VCA, and then there's a, a a delay with a on and off a bypass switch, and that's it. And then there's a monophonic synthesizer on the top with um, uh, just um, I think oh that's a braids actually. Braids is pretty mm. good because you flick it through to vowels. Yes. Uh, filter. V-fuff. And then yeah, and then a delay with the with the uh, bypass switch and a reverb with a bypass switch, and then the other one's nearly exactly the same as that. And then there's a Furby at the end. <laughs> <laughs> what's the Furby? What's the Furby bringing to the party? Well, the Furby just brings um. <laughs> it bring it in every so often. He goes through a delay as well. <laughs> yeah, okay, and then sorry. and then also you patch it. There's a bunch of there's an LFO bank on the bottom row that goes and works with that top one. When you say LFO bank, you mean just like a load of LFOs that you patch in, or is there something clever, some sort of switching or? They're basically they're basically all voltage controlled, but all the voltages talk to each other on the back of it. It's uh, it's it's oh, only nice. a quad quad one. Uh, it's it's based on ele- uh, the electric druid uh, voltage controlled oscillator LFO uh, ch- uh, chip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are your delays like PT delays? They've got three PT two three nine nines in. The only reason is is because. They do just an adequate enough job. And when you've got three of them in series, you can have the delays as long as you want. And uh, yeah. and there's a way, a lot of them uh, are using the example circuit, very similar to the example circuit that's in the data sheet of the PT2399, but you can get vastly superior sounds out of it if you kind of fiddle around with it. Uh, you do it in a, actually, you do it in a drastically different way to what is described mm. in the example. And some people do that. I wish I could remember the Eurorack modules that I've heard PT2399's done well. Well, I'm not saying it's done badly in the other ones. There's a classic to it. What the hell was that? There's a company that had four in cascading. Do you know? The the one that springs to mind is the Bug Brand one. which That might be the one in my head. Which is red. Um, It's like a red box. It's not Eurorack, though, but I just bring that up as an example of a particularly fantastic-sounding PT-based delay. Yeah. They're classic. And does it go into, when you go right down to the bottom, does it go? I can't remember, but they do, obviously they go complete like nonsense when they're like really long. But then I think it's just filtered in a way that it just retains what's good about the murkiness, but without the kind of and the like too much chaos. 
that's the thing about a PT2399. It's good. You don't really need any more, anything yeah. more. You think in your head, it's like, oh, it'd be great if I could have syn a syncable feature to my delay. But it's very rarely the instance that that's actually useful. Like nine times out of 10, an out of sync delay that isn't synced is way better than one in sync. So why go to the extra effort? Yeah, that's a thought. Like, <clears throat> but, you know, I'm sure somebody disagrees. <laughs> Which is fine. I, no, I like you're right. I think you, we're speaking to that whole thing of what people say they want and what they actually want. I would always, I, I, I mean, I know this like that tip top. The tip top have a, a multifunction uh, the Z five thousand, like the new version of it doesn't have a clock input. And I remember like thinking, oh really? You don't have a clock input for your like delays? Are you mad? Yeah. Are you mad? What do you think? What bloody dimension do you think you're in? <laughs> but then, actually, yeah, I mean, you have a point, which is to say that like. I suppose if we think of our music as rock and roll, but like in the heat of a like you know a set, what you can overthink these things basically. And in fact, yeah. if you just want some chaotic kind of space to be padded around things, it's probably fine. That's I should just try it both ways. And the other thing I think uh, I was I would I'm going to mention now because I will forget is um this is a, what I think is a slight issue with actually trying to bring a product out, a musical product, like electronic music product, is you're, you are catering, you're trying to sell to what, what people think they want. It's not what yes. people actually want. And this is what I think is that there's a slight freedom to build into your own specification because you're actually chucking out the things that you, uh, that you think you want uh, that are being put on products and potentially, you know, you try and put as many features into it as possible to excite what people think they want. Yeah, but in yeah. reality, they don't really need that much. And nine times out of 10, that means that you end up with a slightly more cluttered interface because you're ended up with more things that you think you want, but you don't actually use. That's it. It's, you know? No, but it's, it's very, very true. Feature creep is what you're like. The, oh. the temptation to just add and add and add because yeah. you think it will make for a better product when in fact you are making your thing much more complicated to use and therefore less fun. Yeah, but it's just, but then there's the other side. If you make it really simple, then people might not want to buy it because they're like, oh, it hasn't got enough knobs or it's, where's, where's my 68 LFOs? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like it's, it's, what I found, is like a universal truth in product design is it's piss easy to suggest new features, whereas the hardest thing is to say what should be removed from it. Yeah. What should be taken away? What can be taken away and actually make it better? And that's, it's the same thing for a lot of it. I mean, you could say that about song creation as well, songwriting. Mm -hmm. It's all the same. It's like it feature creep. That's a, 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 the, the kitchen sink situation. The only reason I've kept on adding bits to this was because, you know, I haven't finished the lyrics yet. And now it's just yeah, completely yeah. stuffed full of silly sounds. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> you know? like a lot like my music. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, probably a lot of folk. Uh, sometimes it's just, you just got to fucking stop. Yeah, you definitely but, do. It's impossible. <laughs> that is also like, I've thought consciously that that's the benefit of writing with a purely hardware setup, something like the Circlon. It's the fact that if you are writing with pieces of gear in front of you, then you actually have to stop adding parts when you've run out of pieces of gear. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, that's a good thing about hardware limitations as well. Is that, you know, you haven't got the, the whole world at your doorstep, which you do in essence have. And that's the other thing. I've limited myself uh, with that setup because I just it, it it's like basically that think of it like Metallica but a shitter sounding version but Lars but the drums are more in time because you know there's a there's a with one synth you've got about I don't know three combinations of sounds and then a bit you know a bit of filtering here and there but it always sounds very similar 
Mm. You know, it's that's my limitation for that I've put on what I want to make personally. But you know, it's it's you know James Etfield, all that, and then and more in time Lars Ulrich. <laughs> but it's not metal; it's electronic sound. <laughs> uh, no, I think it makes complete sense. Do you record with that as well? Completely live, yeah, yeah. Most of the things that I record and do and stuff, and then the live takes and whatnot, it's just all. It's just all, I, I record into that. And, uh, there's that. Uh, What's that? It's, a bit it's fuzzy. the B. It's the B word. Uh, X thirty two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a B-word X32. <laughs> yeah, Berenger X32 with a, with, a, with a live recording card in the back. The live recording card means that it records all 16 channels that you plug into it separately. Yeah, it's It's good. a very easy thing. And then you take you it off. You just push a button and just like it records. Yeah, and yeah. then it just records. And then the, I record a couple of takes and then just make it sound, you know, EQ a little bit here and there on Logic, which I treat as a tape machine. Yeah, that's good need to do that uh, i know yeah the whole thing of recording with a live setup that is yeah. that that very notion to say to use your live setup as the method to record i know surgeon was doing that he's done that loads obviously but like he makes you know he'll do jams and make records out of them but he particularly is like he took his live setup and he made a record with it and then mm. he goes out and tours with it and it's like you know obviously it's the same sort of sound so it's definitely simplifies the getting ready to play live process that's for sure well also it's just narrowing your options isn't it it's like saying well this is what i have this is my easel in the sort of you know mm. my my workspace or whatever you want to say and 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 here's the edges of it there's no i don't have more than this and so you just work that device you work it work it work it like uh, and then you've made a record or not, or you do multiple takes. I think it's the problem is that when we do involve the computer is, as you say, it's the endless, the endlessness, the temptation to just add, add, add. Whereas yeah. what I was saying with, you know, if you have a hardware set up, <clears throat> you're forced to, you know, if you want a new part, well, you have to just write a new frigging piece of music using that element, you know, you, and create a progression rather than the temptation to build up a thing that is just loops and loops and loops. You, it would be really tempting to just add loads more sounds, but at the end of the day, it won't make for a better song. Like, do you need any more equipment than you have to make a good song? Oh, you don't need any equipment to make a good song, really. You know, if you've got the enthusiasm and the, the I think uh, the tools, are, everything's in your head. Just the tools that are in front of you are just there to make it easier or, you know, to to ease it coming out. Like you mm. could get the sounds, you could get nearly probably exactly the same as sound that you want of an analog synth out of, you know, a, a blooming, a real, a free synth program. It's just yeah. about knowing how to get that sound. And 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 also bypassing your um, the feeling that you get when you get this real infuse. I feel this real enthusiasm being stood up for starters. I can't do anything sat down because it just it just makes me feel all sluggish and I can't do it. Yeah, uh, I've sat down right now because if, if not, I'm like this in the camera. Uh, but and it, but but there's something about being sat stood up with a, a synth that's kind of dusty. It's a little bit not perfect. You're fighting it in a little way, mm. and that kind of makes you forget about the actual process of creating and it pulls like the the stuff comes out from the back of your head into the front of your head. It's about tricking it to come out the back into the front instead of thinking about it too much. It's much easier to do it with physical things, I find. To stand and to like get involved, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Also, then sitting going, right, what am I gonna do? I just look at my Excel spreadsheet of um yeah. decibels decibel frequencies. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> when you put it like that. 
I like that you use braids as well. Like, like I had a braids. I actually sold my braids because I got a plait. Oh yeah. Do you know what? Uh, like with the MS20, I regret that because oh. I've been. I was using VCV rack and playing with the braids in there, and some of the model, like for its immediacy and the models, yeah. just sounds really good. There's stuff in there that isn't in plaits. It's just it's just a simple thing. It really hit home. And the other, there's some really simple things about it that I think are really make it stand out in usability. And that's one of them is just the ability to uh, turn it off. And when you turn it on, it's where it was. If yeah. You see what I mean? If you yeah. hold it down, it does that kind of thing. Something as simple as that. And then you know, if you want to change the parameters every so often, you just change the voices. It's all there. It's by the twist of the thing, you could see it on a nice big screen. Yeah. It's a really friendly and it's really simple. It's not too involved, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. It's like the simplicity. Also, the you know the interface of plats where you have to push, you have to cycle yeah. through buttons, cycle, cycle, cycle. Whereas ah. this, it's just a big like, just turn it, yeah. and there's a big a friendly screen that says what you're looking at. That's why um, um, I think the mm. clouds got improved didn't it? By, by somebody Dude. who made the breakout. They're just, with all the parameters broken out instead of having to flick through the four I believe windows. So. I don't it? know for sure. I think people have got uh, different firmwares on them as well. So they'll add, you know, adding extra things to it. Um, but, you know, if you spoke to Emily Gillet about it, she would tell you, uh, I don't like them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Well, I don't enough. like it when people add things to my the thing that was really well considered and that yeah. I stopped adding things to, you know, uh, it's this whole thing. So it's just... Yes, another thing is the mutable instruments, the original ones have been crafted. They're bloody genius. Yeah. And it's because they're not too busy. Yes. And when it all gets added, and like, I, I, whilst I appreciate it, for people, some people, it's like the crush squeezed down yeah. to be in this tiny format. The tiny crush, yeah. It's just so nice and appreciate the big the bigness <laughs> like things like grids is for a good example oh, yeah. of that. like grids is just like you, <clears throat> people shrink grids i'm like you have missed the point of shrinking a grids like you should not shrink it it feels good the size it is um, yeah. and if you're like you know you are going the opposite way you're like <laughs> you're like let's make this like massive european yeah. size it speaks to that thing of what people think they want versus yeah. what people actually would enjoy using more but i guess at the same time there, there's an argument for that where be, the, the, a lot of the people who have made these shrunken versions would be a very specific case for them because they've designed it and put it together without a real plan of selling it on and stuff they haven't gone oh, i'm going to improve this product yeah, yeah so and they are obviously happy with the shrunk down version yeah so you know i guess well, i guess each to their own you know well if you've only got a little system and you were mm, like yeah i really need this and i haven't got it I really respect that kind of the DIY mentality of people who build, you know, uh, it happens all the time. There's some guy that, like the other day who sent me a message. He's like, I have a really little system. I've got a 62 HP Eurorack system and I wanted a little, uh, you know, sample and hold, like a module that's basically like sample and holds that blends them together and makes, oh, yeah. you know, makes riffs and stuff. And, and he built it and he made it and it's, you know, it works. It's really good. And he's just like, that's interesting. Yeah, that sort of, that kind of, mentality i think is really i really respect it and it's, it's what who was that who was uh, that some some guy <laughs> some guy what some was guy. this that machina no this was uh someone sent me a message on email and uh. was like just i'd like you to check it out so i mean i'll put a link to if i can it's someone making i want this specific thing i really respect the people who 
have that DIY knowledge? Because to me, it feels like magic that you know yeah. how to do that. Yeah, I mean, I I was I remember there was a time I that's I find that a lot because I jump into a lot of things that I have no idea about. I found uh, I found that doing videos about some idiot me, i.e. me, not yet, not anybody else, somebody at jumping into a weird thing without a clue and then sitting and going, right, I, if somebody else can figure this out, I can figure this out. And <clears throat> it's another thing like that. It's There's a barrier. It's a learning curve. It's like everything. There's a curve. It's just how steep is that curve? How steep you, is that curve? How steep is your curve? Do you, <laughs> you, you, feel, you don't feel intimidated is the point, though. You feel like, no, I can do this if I just, what? Yeah, there's a slight sense of intimidation. There is an in- intimidation aspect to it, but um, I-, I think I'm just too stupid not to try it. Really, I'd- I'd- I've I've been around when I was a kid. My dad, I think my dad would, you know, take on whatever. You know, it's like, oh, oh, the, uh, I don't know, but we need to redo the bathroom. It's like, oh, but we, you know, blooming out how much, how much do they charge? To, well, let's figure it out ourselves. So, you know, I sit with him. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, we need to fix the car. Well, you know, change the brakes. Nobody do it. We do, oh, let's change the brakes. Let's figure it out. All that stuff is like, let's figure it out. Oh, we could, if somebody else could do it, we could do it. And if you do that enough, then you mess up less, <laughs> you know, because it's all the same after a while. It's all like, you know, how to use tools or, you know, <clears throat> everything shares. Whatever you learn in one aspect is cross, uh, you know, you can it, you can apply it to other things, everything. And then the more you learn, the more you apply it. It's a jack of all trades thing, uh, you know. So it's your uh, dad. Is this where it comes from, your dad? Maybe. Think? Yeah. I mean, I, the one thing I found was strange when I was younger is I went around friends' houses and they had uh, people in the house doing, like, I, I saw, like, I can't remember, somebody had a plumber in, you know, a plumber. I was like, what, what, why is there a random person in your house? <laughs> Who's, this Who's this person fixing your pipes? It's like, oh, it's a plumber. It's like, what? You, 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 your dad doesn't do it? Or your mum doesn't do it? That, what? I just, I remember I was only about six or something. It just blew my mind that they, that they paid wow. somebody else to do something that they could have just figured them out, <laughs> figured out themselves. So yeah, potentially this, this attitude has come from my, from my, 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 my scrimping dad, you know, you know, dad. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's like, if I'm not paying somebody else to do that when I could just try it, you know. Especially with your dad didn't even have YouTube. Your dad just had to nah. figure it out. Yeah, he had to figure it out. I'd pop over to Wix, get some pipes, I'd, I'd, I'd completely make it worse and then make it better. A lot yeah, of swearing, yeah. you know, but that's just the process. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm building a studio in my garden and I'm learning like buildings are just yeah. pretty simple, you know, it's pretty simple. <laughs> but, when, but when you started, how did you think about it? Absolutely, I had no idea. And I, was, I, had, I felt the intimidation of just like, and bit by bit, I've gone, oh, that's how it works, does it? Like putting in a window and sealing a window and sealing around a window. Like how, do, how does that work? It's something you don't think about, but you really have to think about because the devil is in the details. Like with yeah. buildings, like, shingle, like overlapping sort of shingle style. That is to say that, you know, if you're, if you're putting in like lead flashing, you know, then if you're layering, like, like if you look at the tiles on a roof, the you put them from the bottom first and then you put the next one on top and then the next one on top. You do that because water will run down. But then this shit like water, like water has capillary action. And so you have to have a gap of 0.8 or of eight millimeters or more 
because if you have a gap that's just a bit less than eight millimeters, water gets water will sit in it like that's the magic number, and uh. then and then it can actually work upwards into so you can have water like go up into a like crevice and soak your building over time. You know, shit like that. You just like. That's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, but those are the things that I guess you 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 f around and you figure out, don't you? But like, yeah. you might you but might so you I, might make a mistake. Yeah, that's the thing. You're like, if you're happy with making a mistake and trying to fix it, then fair enough. I think what's what's profound about that approach and your approach is this whole thing of, and and I, I like to to talk of like being a YouTuber and stuff as well. It's something that I get a lot. Is I'll get people and and I'll see on forums too. On like you know you go on Reddit and you you see the questions. There's a lot of people who seem to use the internet to think, or use other people to think for them. Okay. So they so for example that someone will have a a picture of their modular and they'll be like, what should I put in the hole? You know, I've got a gap. I've got a four HP gap. What should I put in it? Yeah. And they're they're outsourcing their thinking to other people. And you know, I get questions about things where people are, oh, you know, I've just got this bit of gear and this bit of gear. You see it on YouTube comments. Oh, I've got, you know, I've got a, an OctaTrack and a so and so. How do I connect them? How do I make them work together? Yeah. You know, and and what blows my mind is I came from a generation where I didn't. I just didn't have YouTube to start with and I had to F around and find out. And I believe that you are, you have that same mentality that you somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. That you, yeah. I mean, you taught yourself with, you know, these things, but I suppose it's the point that you can, you should figure things out. And, and I see people basically not using the internet effectively. Um, not which, using it effectively is definitely a thing. I think I, I have, I've caught myself a couple of times actually asking a question on a forum that could have literally been a Google search. Yes. I've done that a couple of times. And I, I, I had to check myself because I was like, that's just being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I could just search it up on Google. But at the same time, sometimes asking an obvious question to people uh, that obviously, obviously have experience of it, they might also give you another thing on top of the answer. But yes. nine times out of ten, they don't. They go, you're a dumbass. I've just searched this up on Google. Yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Here we go. Which this, is dread, fair been, this has been addressed multiple times. <laughs> Please yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please That's refer. The <laughs> yeah, the internet is an amazing tool. Like, uh, we are, like, it's just, when you think about it, it's quite insane that you could just, I have a question. You don't have to retain as much information. This is another thing. It's quite freeing because I'm, I'm quite relieved about it because I don't, I've never, I've never really been one to retain uh, what is it? Common, common knowledge. Uh, is it uh, common? What's common the word? Sense. Common, common. Not co <laughs> No, no. Sorry. I got some, Sorry. I tried Sorry. to have some common sense. What is it? In the common knowledge round, is it common knowledge? You know, a bunch yeah. of facts, pointless facts. Oh, like, just I don't, like, yeah, just like general knowledge. General knowledge. Yeah, general knowledge. That's yes, what, yes. Uh, but that's the thing. You don't need to anymore because you've got Google in your pocket. You yes. really don't. Like, there's no point to know who had a number one in 1982 or something, there's absolutely zero reason because you've got Google. So that means you've got more space in your current mind to actually have space for idea brewing, you know, things that are less um, black and white, you know, facts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Niche knowledge as well, like, you know. Yeah. You know, what is, you know, what do you do with a 555 timer and stuff? So you, now you don't need to think about what a terminal moraine is. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, and also another... 
for going back to your house, your studio is like there's um there's a way of using YouTube uh, YouTube how tos wrong and doing it right because you can follow a YouTube how to and not be aware of the mistakes that have gone on and then you mess it up completely. Yeah. But yeah. there is a nuance to knowing, and I don't know how to put that into words of taking a how to and not messing up yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's like, because I have seen a few ones like that. There's like, there was a guy who wanted to do with like folding the rubber. I have a wooden upstand on my roof and I want to like fold the rubber in a way that doesn't admit water and doesn't wear out and break and crack. And it was like, I finally found a video of, of like someone bending it, folding it over the particular type of upstand that I have. Yeah. And in the comments, someone just put wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh God, but why is it wrong? Why well, is it yeah. wrong? Why did you not go on to explain what is wrong with it? Like, you know. But, but uh, that's the thing, like that person who wrote wrong, it like hopefully the attitude as you as this comes along maybe not yeah. even YouTube just a resource is there that the people who think it's wrong how now feel and want to share. annotate yes 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 you know. to share like no the way you would do it is it's, it's bad criticism just to be like wrong you should actually say and and that's the point is like, I think someone did comment and was like well what is the right way sir <laughs> you know oh, but yeah being a YouTuber I was going to ask you about that because yeah. that's something that yeah, I go have for experience as well I mean I, I, it's a big topic I suppose like how do you feel about it and do you love it and do you do you feel pressure from it how do you manage it and and yeah. so on how do you make these things and and how do you make them successful i love i love it uh i have i've thought a lot about it and um i as a i have a few friends who do it as well that have, have said that it's it's getting hard for them and I found sometimes I need to check myself to get the stop the burnout feeling. And a burnout feeling, I think, is a situation where you're constantly pushing to do it, and but creativity, the new ideas, you're not liking what you're doing, and it's obviously so it's quite time consuming to make videos, isn't yes. it? There's been a couple of instances where I've become burnt out, and um, <clears throat> apart from those times, I could say I could love it because. As far as it goes, I have a situation where I can choose what I want to do. And as long as I give it at least 95% of me into yeah. that project, at least, but nine times, you need more, uh, I can basically do what I want. It's a, it's a tool to be able to be free and express and get something done and being forced to do something mm. because you're showing other people Yeah, it. that's interesting. And I'm a class clown, so I like I like it's I'm a, I'm an introvert, a massive introvert that is just I just don't like talking. I just you know I stay in my head. I'm like the monk man, or what you said, monk yeah, method. Yeah. But I just I do like just showing people how like how to do things. It's amazing the energy, like the energy difference between just getting on with something yourself and just blocking away and just doing this. And as long as the camera's going, it's amazing. And then the second you're talking, this is fine. I've got the energy, but mm. I'm like I'm literally looking at a wall. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Talking to camera, talking to camera is hard. But are you like, do you find it hard? I, I find it quite easy if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should clarify that I don't find it hard anymore. But it is hard initially because it's a skill that you develop. Like as anyone yeah. who's tried to do a video and thinks it's easy, try it. <laughs> Give <laughs> try it a go. Speaking, it takes a certain type of. Um, I've like tried to I've tried to describe it and you'll know this feeling. It's like talking 
to a camera, um, it requires that you, you put your brain in gear, but you sort of put an aspect of your brain in neutral, which is the sort of self-criticism and the kind of judgment yeah. zone. You need to sort of, you need to just project and you need to just talk and go bleh and say bleh. the things, but you, you need to not question what you're saying as you're saying it. And that can lead to things where you, you suddenly realise you said completely the wrong word, but because you were speaking with conviction and you yeah. were talking confidently, then then actually you didn't, you kind of weren't listening to what you're saying, but you were the weird things you are listening to what you're saying it's such an yeah. odd mode no, I think, I guess. you know when you say the wrong thing when you say the wrong thing and then you like you don't realize you've said it until you're editing the video yeah, and then you have you a do. choice at that point where you're like do i just roll with this yeah yeah i've got to i've got to roll with it and then and then you wait for the comments to correct yourself it's like ah i've, I've walked myself into that corner <laughs> you know i mean like those are quite good because then, uh, you know, any comment is engagement, right? So therefore, yeah. you, you're pleasing the algorithm if you make mistakes because <laughs> people love to correct you. Oh, they but, do. Uh, Which is you, fine. Could just, you could dub it and just be like, and then this 555 uh, <laughs> timer is the way that we're going to... Like, yeah, I uh, like that. Do you find the sort of pressure to top yourself? <laughs> I mean, I don't mean kill yourself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all the time. I mean, to beat what you've done and do some more ridiculous thing all and the time like that's the thing but uh, um, i'm trying to right now i'm trying to just do the project that i want knowing that it's it's not gonna be like a viral sensation yeah, yeah. but it's gonna maintain what you know it's maintaining the the the, the, the people who are interested in the videos you know week in week yeah. out kind of jobby and but which also sustains what i'm building anyway and then when I feel like I really want to make something that's like proper silly, you know, out there, then I'll do that. But it's not, it doesn't need to be every time. I, I, I get a chance to actually just sit and be like, I want to learn about this this week and yeah, build that. that's good. You know, is I'm trying not to, I know a lot of YouTubers and people who analyze and try and make the thumbnails amazing and this and that. It's just like, I, I'm happy just trogging along and keeping it sustainable, you know, because that that's where you get tired out is you're like, you aim for the... You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't actively make something viral. It's like saying, I'm going to write the best album I've ever made. You can't, that doesn't, that's not how it works. You can't yeah. do that. You can't just say, I'm <laughs> going to make better music. No. <laughs> like, no. It doesn't, unfortunately, work that way. And, and actually, like, when I've asked people, why do they watch videos that I've made? Or, you know, what is it that's compelling them? That people... In there, I mean, there's a, there are some different answers, but there's a thread, and one of the, the key thread is your passion. Is yeah. like we like watching your passion to f about something, about whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters is that you're passionate about it, and that that comes. Led across. flashing. That's my <laughs> love melodies. Led Let flashing. Me tell episode two. Look, <laughs> you don't pay attention to this. You're gonna die. Yeah. The building's gonna get soaked. Just say, I'll, I'll, if you do that, I'm just gonna write wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong, <laughs> and then block anyone who like tries to answer. Just yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> delete any comment. I'll delete any comments of people trying to help. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's. It, your passion, and that's definitely you're you're doing that. Like you are following your passions. It is abundantly clear. And there's also I like there's, there's a sort of pleasing chaos to it. It doesn't feel too well produced in that sense, and that therefore makes it genuine. Yeah. Well, I just if I had to, if I spent more time trying to. Well, no. What happened yesterday? So about a year ago, uh, 
a, an organ pipe when I was fixing the organ fell on my lens on my camera oh, and no. it broke it away from the um, mount on it. So for the last year, I've had a cable tie super glued onto it, just like a weird like mount of cable ties to hold it in so it Amazing. stayed in focus. But yesterday, it, it finally broke. Oh, uh, man. So I'm, that, from now on, my videos are going to start looking better because <laughs> I've been forced you've to got buy a new lens. lens. <laughs> you've basically made one of those, you know, those lens baby things that like bend lenses. Have you seen those? Like Lens baby. Oh, oh no. They're, no, no, they're super cool. Right. So so the idea is that it takes you, it screws uh, in, yeah. but it has a little like flexible oh, ch like chamber. And by doing that, you make half, you basically create, I, th I believe you create like a focused sort of strip in the thing, but the top, the outsides of the strip are blurred. And yeah. that's how you create that tilt shift. It's a tilt shift thing is. I'll have a look at that, but is, I'm scared because I'm trying to right now. I've, I've forced I think your myself to will think. Definitely be into that. Like, she will. She will. Yeah. You know, she's a. She'll be all about. Don't you? Yeah, indeed. She'll be like. She'll be all over it. Oh no, you're trying. Her birthday's coming up. Oh, oh, there you go. I'll be like, oh, you don't want to use it. Oh, I'll use it then. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I was looking at. Uh, like, have you seen that wet plate collodion photography as well? Yeah, that looks amazing. Like, where you get like these incredible. I don't know if she's done that. So I know that she like does. She, she develops has, yeah. with like. I really want to try that. Yeah, give it a go. Like she's a uh, thing is like what she's found is like you don't actually need proper chemicals. You just need like yeah, plants. Most plants do yeah, yeah. Uh, developing and stuff. I can't remember the, the 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 chemicals, but most of them have the same chemicals in. And whenever it's got that, you can use it to develop the photo. Uh, so she doesn't use that stuff anymore. But she does. Yeah, but she's got does the daguerreotypes. That's pretty cool. Daguerreotypes. Yeah, that's not old. I don't really know much about it other than I know it's old. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's old. It's on first. silver plates. Silver yeah. plates, and then you're like. Yeah, it looks cool, but you can only see it in one way. And then wet plate, yeah. There's a lot of good things. Like photography is really interesting. I, I got really into it when we got uh, when we started being together like ten years ago. And um, I but then it's like everything you get obsessed by it for like six months, then it goes off. The only constant I found is synth. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. only constant is synth. <laughs> the only EP. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Then last question: What is okay. the future of music technology? <clears throat> Oh, look, mum, no computer. Ah, oh, what is the future? Uh, it's what people think they want. The future is what people oh, think they fuck. want. <laughs> That's not a future I want. That's the problem. It's like I honestly think the future's just getting back to basics but that's never going to happen people are going to want vr they're going to want i don't know stereo monitoring in in their pants you know like having bo <laughs> boxes that are also like wriggle around i don't know give you socks that give you the feeling that there's sub coming through the floor all that crap you don't need it <laughs> we've got everything we need you may have a point got everything we need oh damn it you're telling me that i just have to actually use this gear and learn how to use it better and limit myself so that i'm not constantly adding things and just actually focus on making music hmm he may have a point i am thinking of his monk mode that was profound to me, the fact that Sam, look, my new computer, can come up with all these wacky things because he puts his phone in a box and just focuses on stuff when he's at work. It is very worth your time to read a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport, which I mentioned um, 
I would strongly recommend reading that, in fact, if you work, if you do work, um, because we live in an age of distractions. Perhaps you're using this podcast to distract yourself from something you should really rather be doing or should be doing. Well, it's a thing. And I really respect and I'm inspired by the fact that that's how he works because he does a lot. He builds a lot of things. He does a lot of custom things. He's teaching himself skills. He works stuff out. And that takes no distractions. It takes no Facebook, no X, no Instagram, um, and maybe no faffing around on YouTube or pointed faffing on YouTube. I have to say that I think of all of the social poisons, I would be, uh, it would be weird for me to not like YouTube. In fact, I love YouTube for its ability to teach us things. Um, but it is important to be mindful of how we use it. Don't be distracted from the thing that you're going to use it to do. Um, and it's something that, that Newport talks about. And he has a book called Digital Minimalism as well that goes more into that subject if you're interested. So uh, it talks about how to basically compartmentalise these things and to be mindful of the fact that social networks are designed to be slot machines for your mind. So if you go into them, they will try and arrest and, and take hold of your attention because keeping you on the platform keeps them able to serve you ads. Uh, so it's important if you go into them, you need to go with intentionality. That's what those books talk about. So Cal Newport's Digital Minimalism and um, also, uh, what was the other one? Oh, no, I got distracted. Deep work. Be distraction-free. That could be a good New Year's resolution, don't you think? Have less stuff and use it more purposefully. Don't distract yourself from your goals. <laughs> I've got one more book recommendation for you. It's probably the best book. In fact, is unquestionably the best book I read in 2023. And that is 4,000 Weeks by Oliver Berkman. If you are over 30, and definitely for over 40, you will benefit from reading that book. It is, in short, a uh, treatise on rejecting the sort of hustle culture bull poop of the age, the whole, you've got to be hustling, you've got to be working hard, always be working hard, always give it 110%, always be doing this. You can't have a hobby that isn't somehow benefiting your career. Uh, the only reason that you would actually have a holiday is in order to be a more effective worker when you return. Work hard, work, work, work. You know, you've got to hustle, you've got to work, you've got to work, you've got to hustle. All that you can go in the effing bin as far as I'm concerned. I quit my job in 2023, my day job that was, in order to do YouTube and to make this podcast. And I did it in part because I no longer want to work in a society where I have to ask permission to go to the doctors or go for a piss. But I bring it up because the 4,000 weeks thing is absolutely like... A cool, refreshing drink of water in a very stressful sort of world that we seem to live in. I would strongly recommend reading it. Strongly. It's Audible version, by the way. I really like Audible. Very well read by Oliver Berkman himself. Uh, so if you do nothing else, I'd recommend listening to 4,000 Weeks, uh, but get the book as well. Uh, Jaron Lanier as well. J-A-R-O-N-L-A-N-I-E-R. Sharon Lanier, 
fantastic person also to read if you are looking at, or if you're feeling a bit frazzled by technology, your phone, um, your social media accounts. Uh, his book, um, 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Account, is very worth reading, as is You Are Not a Gadget, uh, and many other books. And his talks, which are on YouTube, are thoroughly worth your time. He's an excellent public speaker. He has a fantastically sort of warm and um, kind of self-deprecating is the wrong term. He has a very, just a very, very nice attitude. He's not, he doesn't belittle anyone. Um, he, he maintains this warmth, an important warmth, talking about a very icy, grim subject and something that for a lot of people, you know, the idea of, I mean, this is something that Cal Newport has talked about as well, is the idea of giving up your social media accounts a few years ago was considered sort of, um, it made people angry. It actually made people angry because they were like, You're, that's not the accepted thing. We need social media in order to be successful. Well, how can we self-promote? And, and yet what Newport is talking about is the fact that you will probably be more successful if you are not on social media because you are not using it to distract yourself from all of the creative projects that actually will further your career by working on wholly and, and with focus. So uh, th these thoughts have been ruminating in my head a great deal over this year. And so it's nice to end the year with a podcast that actually talked about them. And so I thoroughly recommend checking those books out. I will link them in the descriptions variously. So if you fancy a little bit of reading or if you got the, if you want to buy yourself, that is a, a nice post-Christmas present, I thoroughly recommend getting those books. Please consider sponsoring on Patreon if you can. Uh, that would be amazing. And if not, please tell your friends about the podcast so that they too may dwell on synthesizers. Finally, one more thing that you might like to check out. In September, I hosted a conversation with Vlad Kreimer of Soma Synths, in which Vlad talks about uh, his organismic uh, synthesizer design principles. He puts forward the case of what organismic means as applied to synthesizers like the Lyra 8, the Pulsar 23. And if you are a synth designer listening to this, he directly speaks to you and is basically putting out a bit of a call to arms to say, I don't own the concept of organismic and here's why you may wish to design synthesizers that are more organismic than ones that are not. Uh, to make them more human and to make performance more possible and more, more human performances where you control the machine, not the other way around. We always like a little bit of both when it comes to music technology, but he has a point. So if you have 35 minutes to spare, uh, his talk is on my YouTube channel. Have a look and a listen. I found it really interesting. It's a Q&A at the end, uh, which takes it up to a heady 55 minutes of your time. But yeah, Vlad Kreimer is a very, very, very interesting mind. So the opportunity to kind of hear him expound on what he thinks makes for good synthesizers is something that I think is worth hearing. Oh, and there's a slight interjection here. Uh, something that's just occurred to me as I've been editing this is that uh, my son, Francis, has been into my little garden studio a few times recently to make train noises which is to say that Francis plays the Lyra 8 and is has a nice time 
just touching the plates, making adjustments and exploring it and uh, playing you some of the, the sounds that he has made. Nice little deep ambient vibes. I mean, that's Lyra through a quadroverb, so kind of can't fail. But uh, hopefully you take my point. If a four-year-old can uh, have a nice experience with his synth, then it's probably he knows something about synth design. Anyway, back to me in the studio. Good grief. Goodbye, 2023. What a year it has been. Up and down, globally, good God. Um, but for you, I hope, mostly up. I'll see you soon. And I hope you have a wonderful break if you get a break. And if not, look ahead to 2024 and all the fun things we can get up to. Thanks very much. <laughs>